Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to The Counselor's Couch. I'm your host, Calvin Williams, licensed professional counselor. Well, it's been kind of a crazy week. Do you ever feel that way? Like everything is moving 100 miles an hour, and you just can't seem to catch up. Work, family, friends, responsibilities, bills, health, a leaky faucet in the upstairs bathroom, the car needs an oil change, and the dog needs flea medication, and so on, and so on, and so on. I'm sure I'm not alone in this assessment of life. These issues may sound trivial in comparison to our current world climate with the pandemic and the war in Ukraine. Trust me, I know they are, and I'm not really trying to rank them or compare them because, well, there is no comparison. However, I don't want to devalue them either. They may sound trivial and silly to others, but they are important to me. And why is it that we feel like we can't complain about our problems? Why do we feel that we need to shame each other with that age-old redirection to count your blessings, or at least you're not living in a third-world country? Well, all right, so what does that have to do with my leaky faucet upstairs and my need for an oil change? Not much, but they're significant in my world, and they're my stressors. Denying or minimizing them doesn't make them less stressful. In fact, denying them can make them even more stressful because I never make a plan to address them. Perhaps what some view as complaining is simply a way some people have to giving voice to the issues in their life that need their attention. Some refer to it as venting. Now, don't get me wrong. There are people in the world that just complain to complain, and they're not really interested in making a change. However, sometimes we must start with the complaint to actually address the issue. Isn't that referred to as problem identification? By denying or minimizing our list of stressors, I believe we can actually contribute to the psychological phenomenon known as burnout. Which brings us to our session today, Burnout 101. What is it and what can we do? Before we get started, let me remind you again, nothing provided in this podcast implies a therapeutic relationship between counselor and client. It is solely for education and entertainment. Counseling can help you overcome challenges, enhance your relationships, and develop skills to lead the life you want. If you're considering therapy, then please reach out to a trained, licensed professional in your community. If you are interested in seeking counseling in the Monroe, Louisiana area, or if you live anywhere in Louisiana and you are interested in participating in teletherapy with state-approved professionals, well then contact the providers at HealthPoint Center. Change starts here. Psychology and Counseling Services. HealthPoint is a collaboration of independent professionals, such as Williams Professional Counseling Services, who are dedicated to improving your quality of life and guiding you on a positive path toward change. That's HealthPoint Center, located at 1818 Avenue of America, Monroe, Louisiana. So call today to inquire about services, providers, or book an appointment at area code 318-998-2700. Well, it's that time again. So pull up a cushion, kick off your shoes, and grab a cup of coffee. Let's get started with the session. You know, my 21-year-old college student son reached out to me a few weeks ago and asked, Dad, when are you going to do a podcast episode on burnout? Because I think I'm feeling it. 21 years old. Wow. Now, I'll be honest with you. I had to fight back my desire to ask what a 21-year-old college student could possibly have going on in his life to experience burnout. I had to fight back my desire to compare. I mean, I'm the one with the leaky faucet, the bills, and a car that needs an oil change, right? Well, 
I'm grateful I didn't go there. He didn't need me to criticize or shame him with the comparison. I was so proud of him. He was insightful enough to ask for something because he needed something. He didn't need criticism. He didn't need comparison. He didn't need me to minimize or devalue his stressors in some vain attempt to spark gratitude for his current circumstances and struggles. He needed a podcast episode on burnout, and he's not alone. You know, the term burnout is thrown around a lot these days. It seems to be a regular part of many discussions. But do we really understand what burnout truly is and what we can do to avoid it or deal with it? The term burnout was actually coined sometime in the 1970s by a psychologist, Herbert Freudenberger, when he used it to describe the consequences of severe stress among people employed in the helping profession, particularly doctors and nurses. Now, these people, that sacrifice of themselves for the good of others. Nowadays, we recognize that burnout can affect anybody, from stressed out, career-driven people, to celebrities, to overworked employees and homemakers, and even 21-year-old college students. It seems that the terms stress and burnout appear to go hand in hand. However, they are very different. The term stress is defined by the American Psychological Association as a state of physiological or psychological response to internal or external stressors. Stress involves changing nearly every system of the body, influencing how people feel and behave. On the other hand, Burnout is defined as physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion, especially in one's job or career, accompanied by decreased motivation, lowered performance, and negative attitude towards oneself and others. It results from performing at a high level until stress and tension, especially from extreme and prolonged physical and mental exhaustion or an overburdening workload, take their toll. Now, does this sound familiar to you? Although they're closely related, they are fundamentally different. Stress involves too much of something, whereas burnout implies nothing at all or no hope for improvement. You know, I recently read a great article where the author uses the metaphor of a fireplace to describe the difference between stress and burnout. When properly managed, a fireplace continues to stay warm and regulated, serving its purpose to heat the house. Outside stressors, like gusts of air or wind, or adding too many logs to the fire, or, like I do, needlessly poking the fire, can cause it to rage out of control, having the potential to cause serious damage. This is like stress, when your work life is being overburdened and tasks are not adequately controlled. Burnout, on the other hand, is the fire going cold. In some cases, the fire dies out after it's burned all its fuel, and there's nothing left to burn. In other situations, the fire burns out before it's depleted of fuel because, well, the firekeeper's failure to properly maintain the fire. You know, I appreciate the metaphor because it encourages us to look at how we care for the fire. Poor management or lack of care will lead to the fire burning out, and then we're left out in the cold, or rubbing two sticks together to try and create another spark. In fact, it seems that some people appear to just move from spark to spark, never really igniting a fire. And then they wonder why they have a cold chill. Now, before we get into how to keep the fire burning, perhaps it would be a benefit to explore what usually contributes to stress, which leads to burnout in the first place. I believe the environment and the reality of expectations are key contributors to stress in our lives, which makes recognizing and managing the signs and symptoms of stress so very important. 
So let's look at things that contribute to our stress, which can lead to burnout. Obviously, heavy work or class loads and working long hours without breaks can be a stressor. But the surrounding environment can also contribute. Do you work or live in an unpleasant setting with adverse conditions, cramped or cluttered spaces? I know for me personally, I have to have an organized space in order to be creative or productive. It keeps me from getting distracted. Our stress levels can even be impacted by poor air quality and loud noises, especially as a college student in a dorm room. But it also applies to any work environment because it can lead to distractions, which impacts our productivity and creates stress. Perhaps the environment creates a sense of powerlessness or the thought that you may not even be having an impact or that you don't have the ability to even make a change. Now, as I explored this topic with my son, he shared with me how the monotony and predictability of his daily routine often becomes stressful. It's boring doing the same thing over and over and over again. In fact, one of the things that's helped me as a practitioner is the diversity of my practice. I do some work for a mobile health clinic, so I interact with medical providers and clients that would normally fall between the cracks of service. I also maintain a general private practice working with individuals, couples, and families. I had a side business with a couple of peers to provide continuing education hours for counselors, and I even started a podcast. You may have heard of it. Breaking up the monotony can be very helpful in avoiding burnout. Stress can also come from sudden changes in the environment like COVID had on many of us at work, school, and life in general. In fact, many of us have been struggling with the fallout of changes from the initial quarantine and the expectations that we developed associated with COVID. That genie will never go back in the bottle, and our life will never be the same. Different, manageable, improved, but never the same. It was clear that COVID would touch every sector of life, and we've all had to adjust to meeting the challenges by adapting to our shifting personal needs and the needs of others. It's been a learning experience for us all and has been a major source of stress in our lives. In fact, we have even developed a term to describe this impact, pandemic flux syndrome. While this is not exactly a clinical diagnosis, it describes the mental and emotional toll of living in a prolonged state of uncertainty. Change or flux is a natural part of our lives. However, the rapid changes related to the uncertainty of the pandemic was something we weren't really prepared to cope with as a whole. It appears to have led to a confusion on what normal even looks like in our new world, especially in regards to students, employment, and healthcare. To say that this has created stress in our lives is, well, probably an understatement. If you want to know more about this, then check out April Wren's new book, Flux. She empowers you to consider you can do more than survive during this time period. You can thrive, but that requires flipping our perspective, letting go of things outside our control, and engaging what is possible. So check it out. Now, you can't have a discussion about stressors without including relationships and expectations. Now, these are big ones. Our relationships are impacted by poor communication skills, value conflicts, and difficulty with boundaries. We often have unclear or unrealistic expectations of ourselves and others regarding our roles and responsibilities, which leads to conflicts and confrontations, which equals stress. Now, some of the biggest stressors that we tend to overlook, one of the biggest ones, is lack of sleep and the lack of personal time to relax and spend time with family or friends. 
In some cases, our personality type may be prone to stress and burnout, especially among high achievers, perfectionists, and those people that tend to take on more than required, carrying the weight that's not really their responsibility. Another significant source of stress is dealing with crisis or problems constantly. Our system is only designed to operate in a crisis mode for short bursts before it requires a reset. When you're constantly bombarded by problems and you don't really get the chance to see change or a positive outcome, you can easily become stressed and burned out. I see it all too often in the counseling profession, which is why I often encourage counselors to get counseling. It only makes you better at what you do for others. So as you can see, stress can come at us from all directions, and to be honest, there's really no way to avoid stress completely. Someone once told me that they believed their financial stressors would go away if they were a millionaire. They were really disappointed when I told them that the stress wouldn't go away. They would just have million-dollar stressors. The data and research connecting stress to physical and emotional problems is abundant. However, it's often something many may ignore. Some early physical warning signs of stress are headaches, sleep disturbances, digestive issues, difficulty concentrating or dissociation, irritability, low energy level, and even muscle tension. It can even lead to cardiovascular disease, musculoskeletal conditions, and psychological disorders. So what can be helpful if you're experiencing stress or if you're experiencing burnout? There are many strategies that can help you manage stress, but the most important step is to develop a self-care plan. Now, the three essential components to any self-care plan are, one, finding a balance between work, family, and personal life. Number two, developing a positive support network. And number three, develop and maintain a relaxed, positive outlook. Now, don't get me wrong. This is just a framework for a plan. Specific actions can be added and adjusted as needed, and some actions that you can take are, number one, take some time off, or take a time out. This also includes learning to manage your time better. Lack of time is possibly the most common excuse given for not engaging in self-care activities. It can be too easy to justify not having the time or the resources to take care of oneself. However, it's important for individuals who are experiencing symptoms of stress and or burnout to consider the costs of not making time to reduce stress. Another action that you can do is flip negative thinking and look for the positive by practicing gratitude. Talk about your perceived problems or issues. There's always power in sharing. In fact, most of the time, the feelings we're experiencing just need to be acknowledged and expressed. Recognize your sources of support at work or at school, even at home. Try to find humor in situations. I still believe laughter is the best medicine. Learn how to say no and practice assertiveness. Avoid people who add to your stress. Take control of your environment. Pare down your to-do list and try seeking compromise with others. Don't try to control the uncontrollables. Learn to reframe your problems and look at the big picture. Do something that you enjoy every day. Take time to engage in activities that nourish the body and the mind in a positive way, such as exercise regularly, eat a healthy diet, sleep seven to eight hours per night, spend time in nature, talking to a supportive friend, writing in a journal, taking a long bath, playing with a pet, getting a massage, 
reading, and listening to music. Just as it is important to take proactive steps toward our wellness, it's also important to consider what we should avoid to fully embrace self-care. Now, a few habits that should be avoided or eliminated include smoking, self-medicating with alcohol or drugs, relying on sleeping pills or tranquilizers to relax, overeating or undereating, procrastinating, and even withdrawing from friends, families, and activities. All of these actions lead to avoidance of situations, which inhibits our ability to take action steps towards improvement and creates the stress that we're actually trying to avoid. Now, formulating a self-care plan is important, but implementing the plan should be the goal. Using some of these suggestions may help you be more prepared to cope with the stresses involved in life, but evaluate your progress and adhere to the plan regularly. This can help ensure that action is being taken to deal with your stressors and avoid burnout. It may also be helpful to partner with someone, perhaps a close friend or a colleague who's also creating a self-care plan and check in from time to time with each other to see how you're progressing. Having an accountability partner is an effective way to ensure that a self-care plan is successfully executed. I know you can do it because you're worth it. And to my 21-year-old college student, you are loved, you are strong, and you are supported. You're a compassionate, creative young man with a heart for helping others, and it's truly a gift. However, it's our responsibility to learn how to take care of that gift in order to keep caring, creating, and growing. I've always struggled with this myself, so you're not alone, and you probably picked up some of your habits from me. We must learn to hit the pause button and ground ourselves. As spring begins to emerge, take some time to sit in the sun, dangle your feet in the water, get lost in the music for a while, bang on your drums, or even come home and try out my new hammock. I'll share. I'm so proud of you, and I know you're capable of so many wonderful things. Love yourself as much as mom and I love you and it will all work out. Well, it seems we've reached the end of our session today. I want to thank each of you for listening, and I encourage you to keep coming back. As you move forward this week, consider your stress levels. Take an inventory of your physical cues. Are you in need of a break? Then take one. You may not be able to travel to a faraway island or lay on a beach, so simply consider a walk in the park or a cup of coffee with a friend. Slow your world down. Kick your shoes off and walk in the grass barefoot. Become grounded with nature. You deserve it. Today, I want to leave you with a quote from the late Apple CEO and co-founder, Steve Jobs. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of others' opinions drown out your inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition. Remember, folks, you're not alone. Live intentionally, love daily, and laugh often. Please subscribe and follow me on whatever format you use to listen to podcasts and take a moment to leave a review. You know, these numbers and these comments, they really do matter more than you know, and they allow us to improve or adjust the show as needed. But let me know what you think and take a minute to share this episode with a friend or a family member. I really want to get the message out there this year that you are not alone. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, well, then you can email them directly to calvin at calvincwilliamslpc.com, or you can reach me on Facebook at Williams Professional Counseling Services, LLC. You can even check out my website at www.calvincwilliamslpc.com, 
Or if you'd like to schedule a therapy session with me, well, then contact us at HealthPoint Center at area code 318-998-2700. I always look forward to hearing from listeners, so please feel free to submit topics of interest, comments, or questions. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, folks, there's always room for you on the Counselor's Couch.